Good morning. Our second reading is Zachariah's song from Luke chapter 1 and can be found on page 1027 in the Bibles in front of you. Zachariah's song. His father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you both. <clears throat> Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, the words you speak of encouragement, of promise and hope. And we ask your blessing on us this morning that through your Holy Spirit you would open our ears to your word and our hearts to respond to you with love and joy. To the glory of your Son, our Saviour. Amen. I wonder, are you more like my wife or like the rest of my family? Do you want to clear away the Christmas decorations as soon as you possibly can, or do you want to keep them up as, as long as is humanly possible? Okay, shall, shall, we have, shall we have a kind of cheer for each? So clear them away as quickly as you can, cheer now. Yay! Keep them up as long as you can, cheer now. Yay! Okay, the keep them ups have it, which is why we've lit the candles again. Excellent. So both of these are good reactions, treasuring what has been important to us and also getting on with life. But unless you are planning to live in a strange kind of Christmas bubble for the whole of the rest of the year, at some point you're probably going to have to pack away your decorations and put them up in the attic ready for next year. So you can see, perhaps, that occasionally, later on, from time to time, Letting go and moving on is an important part of life. This week and next week, we're going to be thinking about the transition process that we all go through, out with the old and in with the new. It's a process that we consciously think about at the turn of the year, but it's one that is happening to us all the time. Could I? Both of today's readings involve letting go of the past 
and moving on into the future. So Samuel, in the first reading, helps the Israelites to come back from idolatry and from war to repentance and peace. Zechariah celebrates his son John, declaring a path from the shadow of death into the ways of peace. As the prophet Isaiah had once said, remember not the former things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Well, the Bible certainly recognizes that it's important to let go of the past so that we can move forwards with God. But how do we do that? How can we part well with the past in order to be ready for the future? Well, here are a few suggestions from our two readings today. Firstly, by acknowledging. Before we can leave the past, we need to recognize it for what it has been. Good and bad things have happened to us, and we've responded in good and bad ways. Samuel acknowledges that the Israelites have turned away from God. Bad, not a good place to be. Whereas Zechariah recognizes the many good things that God has done for his people. What about us? Well, in April next year, I will be writing my end-of-year report for this year that finishes this Sunday. And when I look back and go through the year uh, to write my report for you, I have no doubt that I will find that this year has been a mixed year. There has been good and there has been bad. Some staff have gone, some have arrived. Children and grandchildren have been born. God has blessed us financially and our ministry has grown. On the other hand, several of us have become very ill and one or two have died, leaving a huge hole in our midst. We have to be real about the past if we're going to move on from it. Well, honesty about the past, acknowledging it, will hopefully lead on to the next step, which is, which is responding to the past. And there may be three different healthy responses which we find that we are taking. Repenting, celebrating, and accepting. Firstly, repenting. When Samuel painted the Israelites an honest picture of their current situation, they knew that they had to turn from their past behavior. They had to stop rejecting God, and they had to start following his ways. They couldn't reclaim their special relationship with God until they'd done that. On that day, the Bible says, they fasted and there they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. No longer arrogance, but humility. Well, if the first healthy response is repenting, the second is celebrating. Because Zachariah, on the other hand, wanted to celebrate God's love for his people and his hope now brought to fruition. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Not self-congratulation, but thanksgiving to God. The third healthy response is acceptance. For both Samuel and Zechariah, there was also a background of suffering which had to be accepted. It wasn't particularly their fault that the Philistines or the Romans hated them. 
It's just how things work. Suffering needs to be accepted as a fact so that we can bring it to God to seek his salvation, his rescue. Not self-pity, but courage. We often think that this is an either-or scenario. Either it's been a great year to celebrate or it's been a rubbish year to be sorry for. But very often, all three of these responses happen at the same time. They're required from us together. Humble repentance, thankful celebration, and courageous acceptance. That will all give us the space to recognize that God is always faithful to us, even when we aren't. And he is always good to us, even when we suffer. Though we know it's true, it has often been hard to say this year, hasn't it? God is good all the time. Sometimes we have to screw up our courage to say it more courageously, more strongly. God is good all the time. The both and quality of last year was particularly illustrated for me particularly clearly when Neil was licensed here as my associate vicar, only three hours after Jeanette had died. There was both celebrating and grieving to be done that day. But even at that moment, God was good all the time. So when we look back over the year, we'll see both qualities of sin and joy and tears. And when we've de dealt with those experiences through repentance and celebrating and acceptance, then we can move on to our next step, which is letting go. When we've dealt with those experiences, the sin with repentance, the joy with celebration, and the tears with courageous acceptance as part of God's work in our lives, then it will t be time for us to begin to let go. This might be easy to do for us. By the end of the year, we might be ready for it, or it might be a tough job that we have to keep coming back to day by day. Letting go of sin means both accepting God's forgiveness and also saying goodbye to the idols that we've been worshiping in God's place. I wonder if we can identify any idols that we have bent, bent the knee to this year in place of God. What will it take for us to set aside those idols and turn our hearts back to God? It will also mean letting go of any self-congratulation for the good things that have happened, instead thanking God for his blessing. And it may well mean, when we are ready, forgiving others for the suffering that we have experienced. Jeanette often spoke of the hardest but most healing task that she ever undertook, forgiving those who had hurt her badly long ago. Forgiving isn't colluding, it's denying to that hurt the power to go on damaging us. It is breaking free of the stranglehold on our emotions. If we can feel the hurt without anger or bitterness, then we are becoming ready to step forwards out of it. And that stepping forwards will take us into the next step, 
which is trust. Trust in God with our past and with our future. Trusting him with our guilt and with our shame and with our hurt so that we don't have to keep dragging it after us. Trusting him with our sufferings so that we don't have to go on hurting. Trusting him with our joys so that we don't have to hold on to them possessively. And that trust will, as a matter of course, allow us to be open to a new kind of future. One which isn't defined by our shame, by our successes, by our griefs in the past. And being open to a new future doesn't belittle our past. The things which have been important to us then will go on being important to us. But it uses them as a foundation, a springboard, and allows us to soar free from our shackles to a new and undreamed of future, a future which only God as yet knows. So here is Zechariah speaking of that future to his newborn son. He speaks to us of our future too. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this past year with its sins and its celebrations and its struggles. But above all that, in every moment of this last year, you have been with us and you have been good to us. And so as we stand at the cusp of the year, we ask that you would give us the courage and the trust to open our hands and let go of this year that's passed. To receive your forgiveness for all that we've done that's not been good, that's not been of you. To give you thanks and release to you all that's been wonderful. And to take your courage to forgive and to set aside all the ways in which we have struggled and suffered. And to ask you, by the power of your Spirit, to lead us on in trust and hope into a future of your choosing. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. We entrust our future to you, Lord our God. Amen.